Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me bang you, bang. I do let you bang. Let me bang you, bang. Let me bang Let you bang. Let you bang. Greetings, nerds and virgins. Go for Jesus! No for Jesus, people! Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. Uh, Waiting for McCorkle to come, Don Fry, it's a crapshoot. I'm not sure he even knows he missed last week. Uh, but it's going to be a great... <laughs> Didn't he show up for a few seconds at some point? Wasn't he in there for a few? Nah, no, he... we never had him. <laughs> but the week before, he told me it was the highlight of his week. He's like, dude, I want to thank you for doing for letting me do the show, man. He goes, I go, letting you do the show, bro, you have no idea like how much of an honor it is, number one. But not number number two, like... He's like, you know, you would think someone saying that this is the highlight, but then that missed the next week. Um, but yeah, well, you know, we don't really know what all Don is going through and we don't pry. We don't pry. It's kind of like up to him to kind of let us know what he feels like telling us. But, you know, Don, Don, Don's, Don, Don's, Don. No, when Don's he told Don. me he was getting a brain tumor removed, I believed him. Right. Because you never know. It's, it absolutely could be true. Yeah. 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 So and uh, the brain tumor is here. So skinny McCorkle's here. McCorkle, skinny McCorkle's here. Wow, holy shit. Sean, you look great. Yeah, I'm trying, man. It's um, I don't know. There's something about giving up on life that makes it easy not to eat. So I don't know what uh what it is. I did before I forget, I want to tell you guys. Did you just see the article MMA Mania posted that talked about uh Bruce Buffer? No. Oh boy, no. It was awesome. It said uh years ago Bruce Buffer admits he was choked out by a UFC fighter in an elevator or something. I was like, no, well, that's one. you, right? No. Well, no, I was just gonna say I don't believe anything can choke Bruce Buffer at this point. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my god. That guy no, wasn't words. it? Who it was, it was uh, uh who Frank was Trigg. it? It was Frank Trigg. Trigg. That's right, Trigg, because he was trying to talk to Dana. And I remember he told the story. Did he say it told on this podcast? Yeah. About how he was trying to talk to Dana about another fight, and he and then Buffer started going, Look at my watch, look at this new watch I got. Obviously, trying to change the subject, <laughs> and so Trig fucking just went off on him. I, I do, I remember that. But allegedly, he held his own against Trig and kind of, yeah. and Trig kind of confirmed that. So, according now, to Buffer, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> but by the way, so wrestling so okay so our kids had our big tournament by the way and uh normally sean came and saw my practice normally i get some athletes right it, it used to be there was a direct correlation the kids would get in detention and then my athletic director who's great would say oh you either get detention or you get to have to join the wrestling team so i would get these like adhd <laughs> fucking psychos but it was great that's one way to feel the team 
<laughs> so I'm like, why is every kid crazy? Well, they stopped doing that. So now like this team that I had was like the softest team. Like it was like literally the kids, I'd be like, Hey guys, we have a tournament tomorrow. Wear your wrestling shoes. One little kid's like, my dog ate my, my shoelaces. And he was serious. I'm like, your dog ate your shoelaces, really? Uh, this girl on my team, like, I can't do sprawls. Why? My grandma had breast cancer. I'm, I'm like, guys, that's not going to affect your sprawls. Finally, I just made him do 100. I, I had enough. It was like, I had enough. So I thought we were going to come in. We're the defending champions. I'm like, we're coming in, you know, ninth out of, out of four teams. Like, we're not... There's no way. <laughs> you said ninth out of four? Yes. We're like, there's no way. <laughs> we're not. I mean, we're, we're getting slaughtered. Every other team yeah. in the league got like really good. Somebody get, put $20 million in the one program and they have like a the Olympic judo team training there. And I'm like, we're going to get fucking murdered. So somebody's parent is part of the Russian mob. Is what right. you're saying. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So we actually came in third out of fourth and I was thrilled. Like I was actually so happy with coming in third. That's I, a testament to your coaching that you gave them good enough coaching that despite a total lack of physical ability, they still managed to beat somebody. We beat Harbor Westlake, which was like, you know, a team that has like, it's like 50,000 a year to go there. So yeah, they're a rich school. Yeah. But like, for but like, we, there's one girl on the team who's ranked second on Huntington who's ranked second in the world in judo. Like she's just like, I mean, she just throws. So she pinned my kid in the finals. And then the girl on my team was cheering for her, going, that was awesome. Oh, like they're friends. So I had to tell her, hey, listen, come here for a second. If somebody beats our teammate, your teammate, yeah. you're not going <laughs> to cheer for the other kid. <laughs> She's like, but that's my friend. I don't care that's your friend. I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> so, like this kid's about, this kid feels bad enough. Now he has his own teammates cheering for the other kid. Like that's, uh, but yeah. threaten her with detention if she did it again, but she would just be right back in the wrestling room. So it wouldn't work much yeah. of a time. <laughs> I'll it's a revolving door again. situation. It's a revolving door situation. Dude, the, the, the reason I, I got this job like 15 years ago, I was on Craigslist and they were like looking for wrestling coach, right? I'm like, I could do that. I need a part-time job. I show up there, right? And the guy's like, what do you know about the adult wrestling league? I go, I go nothing. He's basically like, you're hired. So the guy before me, went there and was part of some kind of adult wrestling league and wanted to use the mats afterwards for the transgender nude wrestling society or something where they all meet and wrestle naked like adults. And, uh, and they looked into it and they were like, yeah, we can't have adult people wrestling naked on in, a, in, a, in like a, 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 a middle school. So me not knowing anything about this basically got me, got me the job, <laughs> but I show. What do you know about it? Nothing. Perfect. You're hired. We, we need plausible deniability. That's the most important piece here. So I got like the, I got the job and I had to leave for a uh, trip to Africa or something. So I, I needed a coach. So my friend Dixon, you know, remember Dixon Matthews? He told me he used to wrestle. I'm like, oh, can you help coach these kids? He did WWE, ECW wrestling. So I come back and the kids were fucking DDTs, like, <laughs> like doing fucking Boston crabs. Like, I'm like, dude, you told me you know how to wrestle. He's like, well, you didn't specify. I'm like, well, are you fucking kidding me? So we're, we're getting mopped. Then the table happened with Jay Moore when Jay Moore asked me to coach one day. No. So, so Jay Moore, who I guess is now sober, but for a long time wasn't. Um, he hits me up. Like, oh, I love wrestling. It's my, saved my life. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, can I help coach one day? And I'm like, all right. And then I had an audition. So I tell my other coach, Aldo, I'm like, Aldo, show up for this. Jay wants to give a speech to the kids. Dude, Jay emails me what happened. 
it's a, it's a 13 page email. He goes, he goes, this is what I did today. Right. Dude, he fucking lines the kids up first day of middle school wrestling. Right. And he goes, this is your life. Okay. You're born. You turn two, you get your first girlfriend at four. Then you go wrestling before you know it, before you know it, you're smoking weed. You end up in rehab. It was like his life. He's like, then, then you get married. Your wife takes your, your wife takes your money. You get on Saturday night live, you get fired, you get on heroin before you know it. Uh, you get colon cancer dead. Like, it's just like telling these kids they're going to die of fucking colon cancer, right? But I have the actual email, dude. It's 10 times worse than what I just explained. I'm like, fucking- I, all, I, all I heard from that is that Jay Moore is also on Adderall. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, he goes through it. I'm like, Over got- from what? <laughs> totally. Every normal, every normal person be like, how'd it go? Fine. Dude, I get, a, I get parents hitting me up going, why did my kid say he's going to die of colon cancer? The kid's like oh, 10, 10 years old. So I had to, but so then Jay Moore did a lot of other sketchy shit. Which we could talk, I could talk to you about some other stuff. So he's no longer coaching, thank God. Um, but uh, anyway, shocker. So, so anyway, uh, we came in third. Um, and then, uh, how was your weekend, Greg? It was great. I was in Vegas. I did a show at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club, which you know, I, I his his Jimmy Kimmel's sister Jill Kimmel is a is a comic, and she's a very funny gal, and she's a great gal, and I love working with her. And I know that Jimmy. I, you know, they tried to get, book me before as a headliner for a weekend there. And I guess Jimmy said that I was hacky. And so Jimmy I Kimmel was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> said that Mr. Man show said that I was hacky. So I was like, uh, uh, I feel like I deserve a better shake of that. So I really just went in there to kind of just like get on, get on that stage and prove to everybody there. That's not Jimmy Kimmel that I deserve to be there. And I mean, I crushed the fuck out of that show. And Jill was great. We went out and partied afterwards and had a great night doing karaoke and getting nuts. And then the next night, uh, okay, I did. I, I pulled an Adam Hunter. I agreed to a show I had no business agreeing to. Uh, I, this guy, uh, very funny comic, Stoner Rob. He has a show out in Pahrump. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought Pahrump was like Summerlin or Henderson. Yeah, one of these little towns is basically a suburb of Las Vegas. Oh, no, no, no. Pahrump is an hour into the hills have eyes territories. Okay. <laughs> Fucking, they only make one thing out there, babies and meth. Okay. So, uh, so I guess two things, but so I'm out there and it's this bar show and they all know each other and, you know, Stoner and everybody else is just talking about them. And so like, you only work for an hour. This is our brand. You saw on the city cat, blah, blah, blah. Then I get up there and I'm doing all my little pitsy little, you know, jokes and nothing. And I mean, I, I just, you know, I, they at the end, they seem to have liked it. But during, I was pretty sure they hated me. Were they, were, so, were, now, were they all high? Some of those people are fucking. I, I don't know. They were just fucking just like, I, in fact, I, I opened with school shootings and this woman literally in Pahrump goes, too soon. Oh, God. And I was like, eh, hear me out for the rest of the routine. So I, so, anyway, so I finished. They actually bought a couple of T-shirts, which was a shocker. But I just wasn't. It was one of those shows where I'm like, what am I doing here? And, and, and why did I say yes to this? And then. And, and, and I'm not going to dig deep for you people. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to find it for, you know, the 50 people of Pahrump. Like right. it just wasn't, I couldn't emotionally bring myself to try harder. I mean, I did the material. I did a good job, but it wasn't my best show. Then go back to Vegas for the dirty at 1230 packed house. 
And now, you know how it normally is. Most of the comics that are visiting Vegas, that are doing shows around that week, come to the Dirty and hang out and do guest spots. And it's usually a show that has five, six comedians on it. And Gabe, Gabe Lopez, the booker, the, the host, star, and booker of the show, he comes up to me, he goes, Greg, I was thinking just me, I'll do 20, 25, and then just you for an hour. And then I'll come on stage and we'll do our little jam thing, which we had done the last time. And I was like, uh... You said only like one guess what? Like that sounds like extra work for me. That's what that sounds like. So finally, so he's like, I bet on you, Greg. I want just you. And I'm like, okay, great. So I gotta admit though, I loved being able to go on earlier and do my whole set before yeah. before 2:30 in the morning. Because usually it's 2:30 in the morning before the headliner gets on. And this time I got on at, at, at one o'clock in the morning. So I was in a much better condition than I normally am. And I actually had probably one of the greatest performances I've ever had there. So that ended up being great. And then we ended up gambling to like fucking five o'clock in the morning or some shit. And I realized I'm not, uh, I'm out of party shape. I'm not in party <laughs> shape anymore. I mean, the next day I've been, I've, for two days I've been dragging ass. So, but it was a great time, man. I loved it. It was a great weekend. And Sean, you? Uh, I don't really remember, so it must not have been that great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I sleep like three hours a night now, so every day is the same. Like every day just becomes a uh, just one molded like into one day. I did uh, spend some time um, yesterday and today getting back at a car dealership, so that was fun. Um, like get, leaving them multiple bad reviews and calling them and setting up an appointment to meet me after hours and not showing things like that. Uh, because all I wanted, I wanted to buy, you guys know I was in that car accident. I've been trying to buy a car now. I can't get anybody to sell me a car. Like I can't get a call back. I can't get a, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm paying cash. So like, if you guys would call me, I want to know, has this car ever been in an accident? Does it have any scratches or dents? Not in the pictures. Well, let's make a customer profile to come in and see us. I was like, no, I, I live two hours from you guys. I just want to know, does that, you know, I can't get an answer. So uh, then I decided to be a good idea to start just making random reviews for multiple email addresses, telling awesome stories about that dealership and then setting appointments and keep missing them and things. So that'll keep me busy. But probably. You right. Like a, you are the most petty human being. And I fucking love it. I, honestly, I, was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, you're missing out on a huge business opportunity. You remember that movie, Dirty Deeds? No. <laughs> yeah. With, with, with Dirty Work. Dirty work where he would just yeah. where they would they would pay people to get revenge on other people yep. before they was like Norm McDonald and I, I want to say David Spade, maybe? I think Artie Lang, right? And Artie Lang, Artie Lang. So okay, right. So you you should really do that because no one's better. No one's just, better. And really just getting back at people <laughs> Nobody. In, in legal but highly annoying ways. <laughs> <laughs> You really are the master of dirty deeds. And so I really think you should dirty work. You, you, I think this is, I think you got to create a website, man. And who's going to fuck with you? Well, last night I do a show. So Jay Davis is like, it's a, he has this new great show, Yamashiro. And it's like, uh, the kid who, uh, who on America's Got Talent, who stutters, who came in second. Drew Lynch. I think it was was Drew Lynch. And then me. And then Tiffany Haddish. I had my wife and daughter with me because I can't leave the house without daddy uh, crying. And I want daddy. I want daddy. So I take her with me because it's a fall asleep on the way home. But then I got to figure out like how to get her the headphones on during the comedy show because she goes in there. Hey, blowjob sucking. I was getting my, my dick sucked by a hooker. And all of a sudden I don't want her going to school the next day and be like, hey, so my dick uh, sucking. You know, so I have to figure out. But of course, the headphones that I have are the frozen ones and they're not that good. So I have like the noise canceling ones. But I want the frozen one. So now, so now we're in a, f- a fight over that at the first club. We go to the second and they, Jay's like, hey, uh, do 20 minutes. But Tiffany is running late. So you might have to stretch, right? Okay, no problem. But that's sometimes the hard because 
when I do 20 minutes, I'm fucking, it's like a highlight. And then when you have to stretch, you're like, oh, I'll get stretched for like 10, 20. But dude, I was on there for 55 minutes and I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm fucking you're, Yeah. You're all on stage looking for the light. You're like, is that the light? That, that dude, the- Jay's out of the room looking for Tiffany. Right. So right. I, know, I can't even just get off stage if, at, at any point. And like, you know, there was an Asian guy and I'm like, oh, sorry, you lost your balloon. Like, I'm just at that point, just, just fucking with <laughs> fucking throwing grenades at everybody. So somebody was like, what drugs are you on? This is someone in the crowd said that. I go, I'm not any fucking drugs. I go, I'm, I'm supposed to do 20 minutes. Uh, I'm on, it's now three hours later. Jay's looking for Tiffany. I'm stretching. I just said, I guarantee Jay's out in the parking lot right now going, waving his phone at Tiffany, trying to get her. And the place went fucking ballistic. You know, uh, I got so many fucking texts that say, hey man, I was I was crying, laughing, blah, blah, blah. So that was that was pretty fucking cool. Um, that was that was the best part. And then I, t- I took I took Violet to go see. Here's the problem. Did so Tiffany not- show up? She did. She finally stopped. Uh, now, I don't know about Sean, if you feel like this way, but like with your kids, like if I leave for a week, you know, it's the worst. First of all, it used to be Greg. I would count down the days to when I leave. I'm like, oh, fuck, I leave in three days. How fucking great is that? Four days. Now, I, I'm, now I'm like, fuck, I leave in four days because I know how hard it's going to be. You know, two days in, my wife, I miss you. We love you. Day Four days in, it's like, I can't do this. I didn't sign up for this shit. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Baby's crying. You know, like. You know, and then day seven, when I get home, it's like, oh, we love you. And then it's like, when are you leaving again? But I try to, I feel so guilty about it that I try to make it up. So I pull the kid from school and then I take her to everything, you know, Frozen Live, uh, this, that, especially now she's four. Did you do that, Sean, too, with your kids? Man, I felt, so people used to ask me all the time, why don't you go do a real training camp somewhere in the UFC? And I said, dude, my son begs me every time I leave. He was at his, my house four days a week and my ex's house three days a week. He, and I would always make the days up. So I'd have him for a week when I get back, but he would beg me to take him with, like, he's like, dad, can you please just take me with you? I mean, at eight years old, and I would be like, and like, he wouldn't throw a fit, but even when I would call him on Skype, he would be teary eyed, you know, and stuff. And I'm sitting here getting ready to fight Pujanowski in Poland. And he's, you know, like teary eyed the night before I'm like, buddy, I'll be home in three days. I promise. Like, I, I hate this job. You know, I wish I didn't have to do this, but it was, um, it was rough, man. I, I, people all the time go away for 12 weeks. I'm like, dude, I can't leave my kids with that woman for 12 weeks. Are you out of your mind? I won't even recognize when I get back. They'll be fully indoctrinated, you know, like it's uh, but they, uh, my son used to ask me all the time. Can you come pick me up? I would just have dropped him off. You know, mom's not even here. Can you come drop, come pick me up? Uh, and I'd be like, then she'd call the cops on me. So yeah, no, the guilt is the guilt's real. And then the problem is you're only doing fun stuff with your kids all the time. So then they start to expect you to oh, only 100%. do oh, yeah. fun stuff. That, like, hey, and also my wife's Christian. Uh, I'm Jewish, but when I come back, there's a lot of Jesus talk by my kid. Like my daughter is always like, oh, Jesus made this. Jesus made that. Or, Jesus, you know, and now it's like, let's listen to church kids on the radio. There's a church kids, uh, uh, you know, I'm just like, but I'm I'm not, she's way more Christian than I'm Jewish. So she's like, well, you can have temple kids. I'm like, I'm not putting on temple kids just to cancel out the Christianity. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Come on, let's go see Moisha live. Just explain to her that your people killed Jesus a long time ago and that's that. Thank you. Yeah, I should definitely say that. You know, but again, I feel like the lesson here is don't have kids. It's not not mandatory. I hate to tell you this. There's a reason I don't have kids. Greg, you you have no idea, man. I've done done a lot of drugs. I've, I've done a lot of great things in life. There's literally nothing that makes me feel good as good as my kid hugging me like daddy. Nothing like like. And there's something that also makes you feel as bad is they're going, why are you leaving me? Like, here's the great, there's nothing greater than just waking up, 
making my own breakfast and living my life. I don't so, know. Man. I honestly feel bad sometimes when people don't have kids, just because they never know the joy that you when you have kids. And maybe it's, I'm sure that's not going to be always the case when she's, you know. Uh, let's be clear. I I have kids. What? You what? I, I, <laughs> I said when uh, when she tells you she hates you when she's 13, the first time that'll be uh, that'll be hard to deal with because you're like you used to be my best friend. Like what happened? This is all your fault. And I'm like, oh, you have been being told by your mom that I cheated on her multiple times and beat her up, and that's why we got divorced when it was actually the other way around. She would call the cops. I'd be the one with the black eyes. She'd be the one that got removed from the house, and I was the abuser. So, it's crazy. Uh, all right, we're in a really good place right now. Like um, I said, like I said, I may have kids. <laughs> uh, the, the worst is when she's like, I want daddy to give me a bath. I want daddy. And then my wife, like, what about mommy? And she goes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, MMA stuff. So Conor McGregor is going to coach against Michael Chandler in The Ultimate Fighter. I don't understand how that's McGregor is like 230 right now. Not even in the USADA pool, uh, like jacked out of his fucking mind, has all kinds of cases against him. They're like, fuck it. Um, and which is exactly why they were like, uh, we can have you coach on tough. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way you can't have him. Exactly. For all the reasons, there's nothing else they can have him do. They probably gave him two options. Well, uh, we do need a new receptionist. Or... <laughs> You could uh, be one of the tough coaches. I mean, the, the, who's this coach going to be? Like the liver king? Like who's he going to bring in to? But the Michael liver Chandler, king. But the thing about it, Michael Chandler is a very beatable guy for Connor. That's almost like the perfect guy for him to fight because he's going to go straight forward. He's going to get hit, and there. I and the UFC and WME are banking on the fact that he can knock out Chandler and get his mystique back. Um, Sean, what do you think? Wait, wait. What makes you think it's going to become a fight, though? No, they're gonna at the end. They're gonna fight. Are you sure? Yeah, that, that that's the thing. They're saying at the end of 2023, but he's not even in the Usada pool right now. But people are saying okay, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like that's a no, that's you know, a at the end they're gonna, that's not no, going no, no, to they're be gonna tough. no. That's usually how how it goes. That they they fight each other at the end, and they say they're gonna fight each other. Sean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's uh kind of like Greg said. Like at this point, what else you gonna do with him? I think they're taking Connor. I think they have big dreams of him coming back and fighting. I think he's done. That doesn't mean he can't knock out Chandler, but he doesn't want to do it anymore, man. You don't take years off, you know, and party and go do all that stuff if you still want it. Uh, I don't understand to this day why he's juicing up trying to be bigger. Like they're gonna say they just said if he beats Chandler, he can get a title shot at 155. I'm like, but they're fighting at 170. And Dana White always says you have to fight in the weight class to get a title shot, but your previous fight, you know, but not Connor. Uh, why he would have a title shot winning one of his last seven or eight or whatever it's been, I don't know either, but other than money, but uh, yeah, money runs that whole, uh, that whole business. Man. I, I sure was going to say, if it's one thing the UFC has proven over and over again, is that the rules apply to most fighters, but not all fighters like John Jones, like, like Conor McGregor, like there are just some guys to whom the rules do not apply because they just make too much money for them. I don't, I don't understand why they don't do Connor and Masvidal. They keep saying Masvidal is too big. Connor's going to lose probably to whoever he fights next regardless. Yeah. So I don't know why if Masvidal's last hit lost four of his last five or whatever it is, like you, at least you're getting a win one way or another, kind of like when he fought Nate Diaz. At least somebody's coming out of there with a win. You know what I mean? One of your stars. So, uh, I mean, a Chandler fight may be a, a good fight, but I, I think uh, Masvidal is a much bigger pay-per-view draw, but maybe they want to stick him against Gilbert Burns, I don't understand that fight either. Like, I don't understand. Masvidal needs to win, and you're going to put him against a number two or three guy. Like, I just don't – I don't know. I don't know why they do what they do. So, um, 
Also, uh, if you guys watched last week, it was actually, it was a crazy week for MMA because first of all, they had CBS, Bellator and CBS, which at this point, I don't even know. It's too complicated. I'm a boomer. I'm fucking old. I have all these channels and all these streams. I don't know how to watch any of it. Like I don't, I'm, I'm sitting there for 25 minutes in my remote going, how do I watch CBS? Like, I, cause Netflix pops on YouTube and this and I go, how do I just get back? Now I'm downloading the CBS app to watch CBS. And I'm like, I don't even, and then it goes, do you have Paramount, do you have Paramount Plus? I don't want fucking $5 a month Paramount. I don't even know how to even watch anything anymore. I, it's too complicated for me, but I did end up watching it, but it was annoying. Uh, Bellator, of course they put their, Stuff on prelims on YouTube, which is great. But you, the only reason I know that is because I actually know the person fighting uh, like that. Like that <laughs> which I was like, I had no idea that was happening. I... So uh, so, ba- so they have they have Fedor versus Bader, right? Which also is a fight that makes no sense. Like like you said, Sean, it's Fedor's last fight. He's like 50 years old. He weighs yeah. it with tidy whiteies with his balls hanging out, which also he's a heavyweight. Like he's not going to miss weight. Like, why does he need tidy whities? It's a way right. in. <laughs> anyway, yeah. At 235. He's barely by 30 pounds. He barely <laughs> made So uh, then he goes up against Ryan Bader, and everyone's there. I mean, they bring out, like, Henzo Gracie and Hoist Gracie and Matt Hughes and Randy Couture, all the legends, and Chell, and everyone's, like, this nostalgic night. And then he proceeds to get the shit beaten out of him in 30 sure. seconds by, by a guy who already beat the shit out of him. Like the last time, it wasn't even close to last time. I, why not put him against Mike Jackson? Like, like you said, or against Tito Ortiz or somebody that like, it made, it was just cruel. The whole thing was like, can I tell you, UFC had the same thing with this ancient giant rush. First of all, I think there's a problem with the heavyweight division in that there's nobody in it, I guess. Okay. And then these poor old Russian men who clearly don't want to fight anymore. I was watching the Tamura fight versus Ivanov. And, and this poor, it's like, okay, it's like when you go to a circus and the old bear is just like, <laughs> you're like, this bear does not want to do this no more, guys. Like, who is making this bear fucking still do this shit? That's what this is. This old Russian bear is just out there. I mean, at least with Journey, they replaced the guy in Journey with a Filipino guy. Uh, yeah, know, at least he was young and could do the job. I mean, these poor old Russians stop putting making these old Russian men go out so, and take you watch, my last beating. It's fucking did you watch horrible. Fedor get the shit beat out of him? I did. It was sad, man. What's even sadder is that uh, I like Ryan Bader. He's a nice guy, but he's obviously not taking the right supplements anymore either. I don't know if they're testing or what's going on, but like Bader didn't look great physically or in the fight, but he still, it was sad, man. It, they should have stopped it earlier. Um I actually had a buddy of mine hit me up and want to bet on it because I think Fedor's got one left in him. He's won his last two or three or whatever. I said, dude, the first time he gets touched, he's going down. He's like, you want to bet on it? I was like, not really. I don't want to take your money, man. I said, like, yeah. he goes, I'll give you even money. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to do it. He's like, how much you want to bet? I was like, ten thousand dollars. Like, if you want, you know, what I mean? if you want to bet. Yeah, it's like, you want to bet? Give me real money then. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he goes, how about twenty? I was like, dude, I'm not. It's not even okay. Deal twenty. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even worth my time. But it's a uh, hundred or whatever he agreed on, but. Like, it was sad, man. It actually really made me sad. I would say that if this was five years ago or my back didn't hurt so much, I would have found a way into that cage with the other legends and act like I was one of them, like Stan <laughs> I was always, I was at, I was at Affliction before I was in the UFC. I was at the Affliction VIP party talking to Donald Trump and his son. 
um, when I was 28 years old or 29 years old, I, I was three and oh, I think in MMA or something like or whatever. And I, I made it somehow past the uh, I walked in with Bill Goldberg because he tried to cut me in line. <laughs> And uh, you can solve that mystery like, uh, for you. You made it past because you're six foot fucking seven, dude. Okay, <laughs> it's tough to stop you when you look like you know what you're doing. You're like, I'm not. You want to stop him? I'm not fucking stopping that dude. That's what. Uh, it was funny because I t- I told my son that we've gone down after uh, Indiana University basketball games, like IU games. We'll just walk down to the floor and meet the players because I just act like I don't hear the security and act like I know where I'm going. So I'm like, excuse me, like the security walk by and they just, well, he must know where he's going, you know what I mean, or whatever. So I'll take him down there. But it's, uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. We, um, I was there, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, that guy looks just like Donald Trump with Antonio Banderas and Desperado hair. Like his son had long shoulder length hair and it was Donald Trump Jr. And I'm sitting there like, I met Donald Trump. This is in 2005 at the Affliction Show, I think 2006. And um, I, I made it to the Affliction VIP party, just walked in. But Bill Goldberg came up, said, excuse me, big fella, like that to get in. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you're next. Like I said, of course, he was like, <laughs> He looked at me, he goes, huh? I said, you know, you're Bill Goldberg. He's like, yeah. And I was like, never mind, dude. And then I saw him in an elevator a few years later. And my friend goes, hey, look, it's Bill Goldberg. He goes, sorry, no pictures today, guys. I said, oh, I didn't know you wanted a picture with me, Bill. <laughs> uh, I, said, uh, I said, I don't have a camera, man. Sorry. And he was like, oh, I meant that uh, he's a prick. I can't stand it, dude. But um, I, I have a friend, me and my friend Noah Schwartz, my best friend back in college, at high school. He was like the funniest dude. We snuck into Mosley versus uh, Vernon Forrest at MSG. It was like we went to the, we had the front row seats at like, I don't know how we did it. Right. And, and we get there and then Noah goes, who's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm That's the guy that they stop every time. Oh, Not just like at, at TSA, I'm pre-check still. I'm like, oh, what's the problem? Like random check. I'm like, really? Every time I'm the random, like this doesn't feel very random guys. One time I'm with a whole group, my whole improv troupe. We're walking into this bar. We're on the road somewhere and we're walking into this bar and we're all walking in and right when I go past the bouncer goes, you, I want to see your ID. (laughs) Like like I'm always one. One time we're getting on a flight and I'm on, you know, and I'm I'm opening for this celeb comic and he's like, just come on with me. And they go, yeah, just say you're, just say you're his security. I'm like, <laughs> now we're definitely now we're all getting kicked off the flight for lying. Now that you guys go ahead, y'all stay with my coach seat. It's fine. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests and live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events. Bet Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up, people? Listen, I got to talk to you about HelloFresh. All right. Now, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My wife and I, we had the best meal we've had in ages thanks to HelloFresh. I'm telling you, you could skip trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Not number two, not number three, number one. Look, we all have New Year's goals, right? 
Well, HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Are you looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? I know I am, okay? So cut back on those expensive takeout and delivery. Yeah, you go out there, it's gas, and you get there, and you got to pay for parking and this and that. People are, it annoys you. Listen, HelloFresh has you covered, okay? You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to just whip up uh, a recipe and just, you get a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen, all right? Eating well is top of the mind this month. It's comforting to know you always get top quality with HelloFresh. The ingredients travel all the way from the farm to you in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh, okay? I'm telling you, my wife, we've had the greatest meals. I'm so happy for HelloFresh, all right? So you got to do this. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Roasted21 and use code Roasted21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping, okay? HelloFresh.com slash roasted21 and use code roasted21, like I just said, for 21 free meals plus free shipping. All right. Check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They did prove a guy did a YouTube video that if you carry a ladder with you, you can get in anywhere. Really? So you all these places carrying a ladder and say, excuse me, I'm going past security because you're carrying a ladder. Obviously, you're there to do maintenance or something. So like there's YouTube videos, this guy getting in all kinds of concerts and stuff, just carrying a ladder. It's the most amazing thing ever. And like some tools on his belt, you know, or whatever. And then well, uh, you know, I, that I, is I would, another genius because a ladder isn't something you could just like put in your pocket and bring. You come out with a tape measure. They're going to be like, ah, but if you're carrying a ladder. That feels like you worked there. I like that. That's pretty genius. I've become a master at like combat sports, like being in the moment. Like I walked Roy Jones Jr. out for his last fight before he fought Tyson. It was supposed to be a retirement ah, fight. I just had really? to be backstage and I saw Roy Jones Jr. walking through. He was the main event of that thing. I was backstage because I knew the promoter and I was like, I just worked my way in and on the camera, you know, I'm like on the paper, you know, I'm walking right behind Roy Jones Jr. Uh, as if I'm his corner man. It was great. So yeah, I just always. Uh, my favorite woman ever is the one, the black interpreter. Yeah, uh, sign language lady. Dude, that lady, she had, she had like, there's like 50 times where she doesn't know any kind of sign language, but she gets up there and starts doing all these weird things. And people were like beyond offended because if they know sign language, they're like, but she doesn't even get paid for it. She volunteers and then just does all this crazy. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. She gets like arrested for it. <laughs> Like, you guys saw the you saw the kid that got on the video game awards, right? And went up and said he wanted to thank his rabbi, Bill Clinton, and all this and that, like on the microphone. Did you see that? No. There's some no, kid, but if there were any award show <laughs> that you were gonna crash that I feel you could crash. Even I could get away with shit at the video game awards. I feel like not oh, not happened? the tight of security there. So what happened? He's, a, he's like a YouTuber or something, I think. I, I first saw him on a video where he these girls, he was saying that women are stupid and uh He's like, uh, he seems Arab or something like his accent. And he was like, uh, he's saying women are stupid. The woman's like, she said something, he's 15 years old. He goes, really? How, what's the last book you read? And she was like, uh, Game of Thrones. He goes, that's not a book. That's a TV show. And the girl didn't know what to say, you know, or whatever. And so um, he said, name 10 books just that exist, 10 books. And she couldn't come up with three. Like she had no idea, you know, she was like Harry Potter. He goes, that's not a book. That's a series, you know, but uh, yeah, all of a sudden they, I saw a thing on YouTube. He's at the video game awards. and the, whatever. Those are all year. books though, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Right. I guess a book of some kind, but he, uh, he, yeah, he sneaks up on the video game awards and says, uh, he wanted to thank his rabbi, Bill Clinton, and this and that. He's just saying real weird stuff. And the people that are the game developers are all staring at him, but he got arrested. He's only 15, but they arrested him, took him out of there. But yeah, he was, I guess he's a YouTuber, I think. I don't know. He's funny though. 
Nobody well, I'll tell you how he got in there. It was left, right, left, right, up, down, X, Y. <laughs> DA chart. That was the password. Wearing masks like eyes wide shut. Right. What's the password? Greg, you should do it on stage. That's really funny. That's a funny. It's a really funny thing. Uh, all right. So other in Bellator, Tall Steve. You, see, you watch his fight? So uh, I did not know, man. I didn't get to see it. So Tall Steve, friend of our show, a really good friend who gave us a sh- shout out. During- oh, yeah, yeah. During his press conference. So he fights this guy, uh, I think it was Asayev, who won the um, PFL million dollar heavyweight. And he kind of loses the first round, but he's doing like more submissions from bottom. Second round, he takes him down. And this guy is an Olympian wrestler. He outstruck him probably 400 to two. Like, I don't know how Paul they did it. Yeah, Paul Paul Steve outstruck him. beat the shit out of him. It was a 10 8. It almost could have been a 10 7. Like other reps would have easily stopped it. Yeah. And then the third, and then the third round, that guy takes Steve down. So it was it was a uh, draw. It was just like ah, uh, it was just a weird fight. Uh, Lorenz Larkin landed an elbow from hell that was unbelievable. Henry Corrales won his fight. I felt bad for this guy Max Rochelle because he was a guy that has like he witnessed his you know stepmom or his mom getting thrown out the window by his stepdad when he was younger, all kinds of crazy trauma. Then he had a fight where he wanted to quit and his corner kept telling him to go out. And he's like, no, I quit. And then it was just really, and then he won his next two fights, but he lost to Chris Gonzalez. Uh, all right. So that was that the UFC you guys watched. I, I, I called it Derek Lewis. I like Derek Lewis, but he's a guy that did so much with natural talent. I remember one yeah. time during his fight, he was on the bottom and he just stood up basically from being in mount. And Brian Stan was like, he's doing everything wrong. <laughs> but it's still working for him. Yeah. And he was a guy that would like lose all these rounds and just have that crazy uppercut of this, that. Well, finally, when you do that, it catches up to you. And I just think he's playing catch up because he got ragdolled and finished quickly uh did you guys yeah. watch this? Did you watch it Sean? i did i watched pretty much all of this card uh i watched yeah. part of it and kind of lost interest man because if, if he's not there to fight man it doesn't really uh when he fought like when he fought in ganu man i was i have never i think i turned off the paper you didn't even finish watching the rest of the fights i was so mad because i thought yeah. that of all fights would be a good one to you guys just stare at each other you know but it's uh it's sad man he's got a lot of personality and i think now he's made some money it's uh God, th- those dudes, man, need to be poor again sometime. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had forgotten when I used to have money what it was like to be poor. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And then when I lost everything again, I was like, I will deal cocaine before I live like this. You know what I mean? Like, and turns out I did Viagra, uh, deal that instead of cocaine. But no, um, I... Uh, yes, yeah, you detailed both. the uh, the details of those transactions yeah. <laughs> for us in the last episode of MMA Roasted. I give uh, you 25 cents a pill. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good idea. But they, uh, no, the uh, guys lose that motivation, man. They forget that money's not forever, man. You, I mean, I don't know how, if you guys have tried to not work for a couple of years, but it goes fast, man. Like oh, yeah. it, no, it, it's uh, like Sinbad. Sinbad said you're funniest when you're riding the bus. Um, yeah. That's a, that's, you stay hungry. You know, that's the thing. I, I, you know, I was, I thought this would be a good fight for Derek Lewis until you showed me him doing all that cardio and losing weight. And then I'm like, ah, maybe not. And then sure enough, he got out there. And like, it was, it wasn't even close. It wasn't much of a fight. I felt really bad. It was, it was a terrible fucking fight. Spivak, he made Spivak look like a fucking champ. Yeah. I know Devin Clark, who I was happy for, because there's a guy that was, a, I think it was a national champion, Division Two. He, he just keeps, he kept one of those guys, he would, get, he would get tired or he would lose the close ones. You win. I've never seen legs like this on a fighter. Oh, my God. Tree trunks. <laughs> 
I mean, Greg, you watch football. Is that the average running back's legs? Yes, that's all I kept thinking was this guy should be a running back in the NFL. He's Quadzilla. He's one of those guys. He's ridiculous. Like, and he's also one of those guys that carries so much muscle that you know, I mean, we've seen it over and over again. He's going to have cardio issues. Like, you get him to the third round, yeah. and it's probably going to be a problem. He was lucky that didn't happen, but, I mean, it was it, for a second it looked like it might. Sean, I've never seen, like, his legs were like this, and then they just went in. It was like his legs were like other people's waists. Like, yeah. it's just uh, I don't even know how you even get to that. I mean, it's got to have part genetics, but obviously hard work. You can't just have that, but Holy shit, this dude, uh, I, mean, I was happy. Like if we ate people and we don't, but if we did, he looks like you'd be delicious. That's all. I'm uh, now, now the UFC, I gotta say they did. It was a, a reality show called the road to the UFC, which I guess airs in India. And, and and maybe the Philippines or Asia. And this was the finals. Uh, we're like, so I'm, I turn on the UFC. And they're like, the winner is, is it gets to be in the UFC. But I'm like, I thought I was watching the UFC. So yeah. they basically <laughs> tricked everybody by putting Derek Lewis on the card into watching something where I'm like, if, if I, I don't know what I'm watching. I like, I'm watching. Which we had been wondering. We'd openly been speculating about why. And I think what you're talking about, I think they announced that with that Kazama Nakamura yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, and I, I noticed that too. I'm like, what, what What? do you mean? Is this a qualifier of some kind? Like, I didn't understand it either. Because it, they didn't, it was a reality show that only aired in India or something. Like, it didn't, no one even knew what was going on. Oh, only a billion and a half people saw it. Well, which is great, but they should like, but none that we know, right? No, no, um, except the guy yeah. that sends me Viagra, so, yeah, that except was, for that. so that was that. Uh, and then I gotta say, man, there was something kind of sad about like, like Bellator having all those guys in the ring, right? So I'm watching Bellator, you see all these fucking legends, I mean, guys that you're just like the Henzo and this or that, and then you put on the UFC, the website, and they had this TikTok guy. Aiden Ross. I don't know who this guy is, but he's got like a billion followers. And he's like, and they're like, Aiden Ross has the best street in the house. So they have him on, on his, on the UFC Twitter. And he's like, yo, I'm here at the fights. It's ceramic. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I think he meant to be. They use the heavy glaze. Dude, <laughs> boy, these fights were baked in a kiln for over 38 minutes. Oh, his analogies are. are like, oh, fuck analogies. is it? Anytime they put these guys on on traditional media, it's it's glaring the difference between when you're just making shit up on your own in your room and you're actually a professional um, uh, media personality. Because anytime they put Pat McAfee on like actual CBS Sports desk, it's fucking dumb. Hold shit. on, I want to see if like I, I want to see if like because I, I gotta say like I. I mean, I don't it's know, ceramic. I mean, there was something about that. Like, there's something about Miami. Like, I understand they're trying to get a younger market to like the UFC, but there's no reason you shouldn't have Pat Militich and Tito and, and Jens Pulver and Matt. Hughes. Can we talk about the female commentator? Oh, yeah. What about her? Well, what did you think? I thought she was fine. I, I, you know, I've actually listened to her for a long time because she does Invicta. And, yeah. and she does other things. I think she did LFA or something. So she she's uh, I thought she was fine. I think she had a lot of pressure on her. Because yeah, you kind of sense that. I felt like she was trying really hard to just talk about fundamentals of fighting. Like, really, like he needs to, you know, he 
uh, a lot of stuff about being the first stuff like that. Yeah, I think being the first female girl, she had she had she had this unamount of pressure on her. And I and I think that's what made it. And and then also I I will I I will say this. She clearly knew what she was talking about. Clearly knew what she was talking about. Uh, Not. But I, I, I mean. I just was, I, I, I found her voice, it, it, I don't know, it, it, I found it grating. I, I just didn't like, li- every time she would start sp- talking, it would take me out of the fight, you know? Right. Like, I would immediately just be like, who is this woman and why, you know, why is she, I, I don't know. And that's the, and the other thing I thought was, I mean, here we are using, you know, real fighters with, you know, from, with, that you know, with, with, with extensive experience. I'm like, why don't we have, you know, uh, Carla Esparza? Doing yeah, some I, I agree, but, she, but she's had a couple fights. This girl had a couple fights. I'm not, not saying she didn't have a couple fights. Again, she knew what she was talking about. I just was like, I would rather hear from a female fighter that I felt really knew what it was like to be in like there. Misha Tate, Misha Tate. Yes, Misha Tate. Yes, there's so, Holly Holm. There's so many other women that have the highest level experience that really know Angela, what it's like. Angela, that, Hill, Angela, Hill. Angela Hill. Yes. Angela Magania, like just other women. And I just, I, to me, I, I, for me, it was a miss. All right. So me, Brad, I, I, don't, I wasn't against the female thing. I was against that female. So what does this mean? Hold on. Ada Ross here at the UFC fights. Oh, my boy, Big Ant. My boy, Josh, man. Private viewing. She's crazy. She's ceramic. I love it. Maybe that cup is ceramic and not plastic and we're just misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's obvious. It's, it's, it's ceramic. <laughs> it's listen guy like i said listen, this thing's been glazed it's been cooked in a kiln at 3500 degrees for over 45 minutes like what you does know? that what does that mean what what does that mean all right so uh, well, i'm surprised brendan Schaub hasn't said it yet if you watch his show he said the other day that uh curtis blades his nickname is blades because he has sharp elbows and i was like no that's his last <laughs> name okay. yeah He's like, plus it rhymes with his last name, Blades, Blades. So I guess All I, right. just so before we get into the fights this week, so uh, it got it's it out. So Jorge Masvidal. It comes with a matching bone plate set. <laughs> People were putting that ghost meme of like of uh, Patrick Swayze <laughs> doing this. this <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> so Masvidal has a new boxing card. It's airing on Fight Pass. Uh, Anthony Pettis is fighting Roy Jones Jr on it um so wait a minute so he's invented invented his own fight league now yes he's got got actually three he's got boxing bare knuckle mma and mma i I was gonna say i mean i'm not against him at least he's a real fighter you know but roy jones jr is the same weight class him and pettis isn't pettis fight at 55 uh Uh, uh, roy jones has to be 200 pounds last time i saw him man so i don't know i don't know what they're doing uh I mean, I think he fought Tyson at like 210. I was about to say, wasn't he fighting at at heavyweight? Yeah. His last couple of pro fights were at light heavyweight. or Um, Even still, Pettis isn't even a light heavyweight. No. And then uh, Aldo is fighting Jeremy Stevens on this card uh, in boxing. Um, Jacare is boxing against Vitor Belfort. I think that's going to be a a murder. Uh, Vitor Belfort's juiced out of his mind. And Jacare is a jiu-jitsu specialist. Uh, Paul Daly fighting Anthony Taylor. Uh, that's the guy that like, you know, he was a guy that slapped Dylan Dennis or punched him. And then Gina Mazzani, uh, my old friend, uh, she's, she's a buddy, uh, is fighting Pearl Gonzalez on, on uh, this card. So um, 
It's you know what's sad, man? This is, I don't know how many pay-per-views will sell. If that was an MMA card, it's better than most UFC pay-per-views lately. Like if they put those guys fight each other in MMA, yeah. I would watch that. I would love to watch that over the stuff that no one you've ever heard of who's making $8,000 to fight, like on 90% of the card. Like I really looked at the last of the next four pay-per-views. I don't, I'm not watching any of them unless it's free. Like I'm not. Can I, can I tell you that the one on the undercard, the, the, uh, Tyara versus Aguilar yeah. And the Aguilar's from Mexico. And, you know, he, <laughs> obviously, you're so Latino. I wanted to see him do well. But all, it seemed like his only major credit was that he had the shortest arms in the history <laughs> of the UFC. And now, I, I, you know, I watched the fighting. No, that's not a good thing. It's and Nick Newell was like, wait a damn minute here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, and sure enough, he, <laughs> he, he went out there, went for a submission, couldn't hold on to it with his tiny little T-Rex arms. And then Tara got on his back and fucking submitted him. So, I mean, it was over pretty quickly. But I, I just, I really, I felt, I felt pretty bad for the guy. Well, nothing with Bellator once had a, a thing that said, has 12 siblings. That was a stat. No, I'm like, how is that? That, that ranks right up there with shortest arms <laughs> in the history of the UFC. Did I'm I ever like, tell you guys? What, be in there. Did I ever tell you guys what I made my UFC profile? I didn't think they would actually put it on the site, but they did. They asked for my strengths, and I put size, athleticism, and very internet savvy. And uh, <laughs> they like they announced my fights. It actually on my profile says very internet savvy, and uh, like that they actually when they came out and said he's also very savvy on the internet. We hear so we'll see how that works out. Like it was, uh, I don't know. It was great, man. <laughs> so this week we got Islam versus oh, ceramic. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Islam versus Volkanovski. A lot of people were complaining that this is not getting people are not talking about this. And, you know, I think that's valid. I mean, this is an amazing fight. Um, but Dana said it's going to be like they said top six pay-per-views of all time, um, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't see how that's happening unless you go, well, all of Australia and then Islam is a huge, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you got all the Middle East and, you know, there are a lot of people uh, who are, uh, who are uh, Muslim in this world who love Islam and a lot of people who aren't Muslim also love them. But so you got Islam versus Volkanovsky. I just think it's going to be a, a good big guy versus a good smaller guy. And Islam's going to win. Um, Sean, he should win fairly easily. Um, I, 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 I hate the boy. Same. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I will say that uh, if it's going to be the sixth pay-per-view of all time, it'll be interesting to see what those guys get paid. Cause I guarantee you, they're not going to make, more than a million dollars each, you know what I mean, or whatever. So it's weird the UFC can make a hundred million dollars on a pay per view, but um, the pay raise, like, it's the biggest pay per view of all time. Of course, everybody will still be making eight and eight, you know, on the undercard. Like, it's like amazing, man. Well, I think Islam is with Ali Abdulaziz, and he does get his guys paid naturally. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so the Volkanovski Islam, I guess, is sold out. It's in Perth. I've never been to Australia. You've been to Australia? You, you have, right, Sean? Yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been to both uh, Sydney and, uh, Melbourne, both. And they you could not have two more different cities uh in one country, man. It's crazy. It's uh yeah, Australia's a whole nother, it's a whole nother experience, man. It is. I had a giant spider crawl on my neck. I thought it was like somebody's hair had like, <laughs> down the street at a downtown area with skyscrapers. I thought like someone's hair hit. What did I reach around a spider the size of the palm of my hand was on me? So it was uh and yeah. Melbourne was probably 80% Asian. Not that it matters, but the traffic problems were ridiculous. That was a weird joke. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it was, I would say 80%, 85% Asian in Melbourne. It's really, it's really strange. It's a strange city. I haven't been to Australia, but everything I've heard about it from friends who have, it's basically land of the lost. 
Like <laughs> it is a prehistoric land down there with shit you don't want to fuck with, you well, know, and that, kangaroos aren't nice yeah. and all that giant spiders and flying fucking lizards and shit. Like it's apparently a whole nother world down there in Aust- Australia, man. Well, they say that it was originally like they put criminals there, right? Like back in the day. Yeah, it was. A, yes, it was a criminal colony established by the British. Yeah. Like which crazy. is why they're so physically large people i guess uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah but you know that's the thing if anybody can give islam a a run for his money that a, a guy that's proven it over and over again every time i doubt volkanovsky he proves me wrong and i hope he does it again but i i i'm with i'm, I'm with mccorkle on this one I, and i'm with you adam i just i i it, it seems like islam should do what he always does which is go out there tangle him up get him on the ground tie up his legs and fucking pound it i mean i just i, I think that's I, I don't see it working out any other way and i don't well, see I mean, it being a particularly long fight is that he does he used to be 230 pounds though that's the thing he was a 230 pound like Rugby player, so maybe when a well, guy, ask you about, yeah, is he like five three? Yeah, he used to be like two hundred and something pounds. That's awesome! Life. I need to see one of those pictures. That'd be so awesome. So maybe because of that is why he could be so powerful and take so much take take the power. Maybe you know, and why he's so so maybe you know, and it, but uh, maybe I, again, I would love to see it. I really would because again, if anybody can do it, it's gonna be. Volkanovsky, I just, I, I don't see it happening, but I can see throwing away, I can see throwing away, you know, a couple bucks at it. But, you so, know, let's see what the, I would, let, let's check what the odds are. Also, they're not yeah, showing I'm odds right now. I'm curious what the odds were on that because it should be five to one, I would think, Makachev. No, no, it's way less than that. Hold on. I'm going to look it up right I now. Like, I, I think it's like a, it's like the UFC fight isn't actually, UFC site isn't actually showing odds. Oh, by the way, they made it now that, that you can fight. Now Go you to James Krause site. Well, now you can bet on slap boxing, by the way, or on slapping. Because that can't be fixed. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, are you betting on whether or not I watch? <laughs> I, I bet you this time next year it won't be on TV anymore if anybody wants that bet. No, according to Dana White, it's killing it. But he goes, right now they're beating the they're beating the WWE and everything on TikTok. He goes, on TikTok, we get 14 million views. But – is that how we're counting ratings now? Uh, Dude, I well, can yeah, make a video also- on TikTok and get 14 million views. That, those are so fake, so inflated. The same video, I've got a guy, a tow truck driver I know who thinks he's famous because he gets 80 to 100,000 views on TikTok. And I'm like, dude, they're they're inflating the numbers. Put that same video on Instagram, see how many people you get. Like, put it on anything. Like, it's that's why it's so popular. People are like, I got 7 million views on TikTok. Like, maybe. But, but, but also, like, are, are they monetizing TikTok with that? Because even if you get that, like, I, well, I got to think. TikTok doesn't pay very well and you can pay them to just, and that's the other thing. If you pay them, I feel like they just change the numbers. Like bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. I don't think anybody actually sees it. They're just like, Oh look, you have 30,000 fucking views. Like I, I think it's just, I mean, all of it is digital manipulation and way, there's no way to check it. There's no verification of any kind. It's like Shab and all these Gary V and all these get rich quick gurus. They got 3 million followers on Twitter and they put a tweet out there and it gets six likes. I'm like, so six out of three million people following you like that tweet? That's really strange. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like it's, you can buy, you can buy Twitter followers. The problem is you'll always see the guys, you, they offer them to me all the time. Would you like to buy a hundred thousand Twitter followers for $29? I'm like, no, yeah, totally. they'll get erased off there every now and then they do a reset and then you lose all your followers. I, I, just, actually copy, I just copy and paste their thing and get it right back to them. 
Right. Okay. They, yeah, right. Uh, I, I, when I was in the UFC, I had, I think, over forty or 50,000 followers on my own. And then they did some kind of, I said, I don't know, I got suspended or something. I came back, I had 8,000. I was like, so you guys just removed 45,000 uh, of my followers, you know what I mean, that were actually engaging and talking to me back and forth. And I had several people tell me, I thought I followed you on Twitter, but I guess not. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I, I actually I do know. I probably said something ridiculous and that's what made it happen. But you know, what was weird when I was dancing around the 10,000 follower mark, like I would get, I would get right up to 10,000 then somehow lose 800 followers and i'm like what the fuck just right. happened what, you know it's like they didn't want me to cross the 10 th then once i crossed it then it kept building but it was weird the way they kept me dancing around the 10 000, right beneath it for months you know I, I didn't know how they were doing it i didn't know why they were doing it but it just kept happening yeah um, by the way talking about the odds really quickly on the uh, uh volkanovsky fight um, Islam is negative 400. This is on Bovada, by the way. Uh, Islam is minus 400 and Volkanovsky is plus 295. Oh, wow. So three so, or four to one, depending on how you look at it. But dude, yesterday, so I, I, I like read my, my, my website and now I get people all day long from India calling me up about like, oh, but you know, and I, and I know it because it's like a pause when you pick up the phone. They're trying to do text, trying to sell, sell me something, right? So first I'm like, okay, do you like a domain? I'm like, I want the domain, stopcallingme.com, leavemealone.com. Like, like, so then finally yesterday I was on the computer when they called and I'm like, hold on one second. And I just put on porno and I go, cut. I'm like, I'm, I'm at work right now. I go action. And I put the like people fucking, I go cut. I'm like, what were you saying? And the guy's like, well, I was hoping. I go, and then I just, <laughs> I go, hold on. So like, I do this like five times, like. India you know, South I gotta get on Adderall. I gotta get on Adderall. I'm missing out on so much fun that you guys have. I don't think about any of this shit. I'm like, I just like don't recognize that number. Not answering. Oh, uh, dude, my wife looks at me and goes, "You, you should be so proud." All right, uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Uh, Josh Emmett's a guy who gets no respect. You ever see that video he put where they gave the UFC gave him seats and it was like in the bleachers? And then <laughs> no, he, I've had that happen to me though. He, he like tweeted about it. He's like, I'm ranked three in the world and this is the seats they gave me or something. And then um, I think he beats Yair Rodriguez. It's for the interim featherweight title, which is also crazy. Uh, that is surprising. How is that? Oh, I guess because is that because you don't defend your title in 24 hours after you win it. It's an interim. <laughs> it really is, man. It's they got to so everything. Yeah, I know. It's like, they always do that interim thing. It's like, or you just wait for the champ to be able to fight again. You know, like why not just do the WWE, the heavyweight championship, the intercontinental, the whatever us heavyweight. like they just had all kind of different belts. So some belt was always on the line, but uh, I did uh, email and uh, write on Twitter to the Florida state athletic commission. Cause they had a WWE event down there and they said it was unsanctioned. Like the uh, main event was an unsanctioned fight. And I was like, get it together. Florida state athletic commission. Whatever. <laughs> and they, uh, they responded back and said that they would look into it. You know, like I loved it. the greatest thing ever. Like, uh, it was awesome. Um, Randy Brown, rude boy is fighting Jack Della Madalena. Randy Brown's one of those guys that always wins fights. I think he's going to lose and then loses the one thing. Okay, so I guess the thing is, is that Volkanovski's the featherweight champ. Yeah, so he's going up. So if he wins, he can't. So because he vacated to go up, then <laughs> although that makes zero sense to me, like right. he should still be the featherweight champ. So he can't be the double champ like everybody else. Then he has to vacate to move up and fight a weight class, even though and he the just number. And by the way, the number one is Max Holloway who is not fighting for the interim title. Right. They have one version. Brian Ortega is three. Why isn't Brian Ortega? I guess, I mean, do they, want, 
I, I think I maybe Sean, is it the fear that like a guy just collects all the belts? And then they- uh, no, they, they've proven that they sell. All people know is they see someone with a belt. So it has to be, you know, it's kind of like a that guy with Rolex to prove he's rich, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Right, like right, right, the, right. The, the casual fan looks and well, there's a belt on the line. They've proven that it's more, there's more buys when there's a belt on the line. It doesn't matter what the belt is. Like one of their biggest things ever was the BMF belt, which was just completely made up, had no criteria, never was anything. And so I can't believe they don't have him defend that every time like that. That I mean, it, it you just make up titles, man. But uh, yeah, they they do interims anytime anybody takes a month off. Like uh, there was an interim heavyweight championship when um, Francis Ngannou hadn't fought what in two months. And they did an interim championship. It's like, dude, how so long was John fighting? Belt? They're white. They're fighting for the lightweight belt then, right? Volkanovski and Mikhail. Right. No, it said interim. Well, no, it says yeah, they're they're fighting for the lightweight for the lightweight belt. Right. Okay. So Pierre because of that, Scott. he's I guess. See, that makes no sense. So because he's fighting in a different weight class to make your fight work, the one that's going to sell the pay-per-views, you gotta you got to give the belt to somebody else. Like, oh, my God. It's fucking – this organization is so truly just – just, well, they'll, do, just they'll, monkeys do unification. With they'll do a unification bout with him when he goes back down, even if he loses. It's so, so stupid, man. And I guarantee you the lightweight belt, there'll be an interim fight after this one because if either guy gets hurt and they can't fight for three or four months, you'll have an interim lightweight championship and then Makachev will come back and fight him. It's just why not make every contender's fight just an interim, like all of them, or every top ten guys. This is for the interim second-place belt. You know, like it's so stupid. It's just crazy. Those belts don't even hold up your pants very good. That's what's so ridiculous about the whole thing. Like you can't even wear it, you know? Uh, it's, it's that's nuts. Uh, and then also, uh, <laughs> I feel like that you guys didn't get that. <laughs> I, I did. I caught it late because I was looking at the fucking at the card, and then I was like, "Did he talk about holding his pants?" Up? I, I heard it, but I was just like, I'm like, I'm like, how would you know, McCorkle? I'm kidding. I'm just glad Adam is the one person ever who will get my Nick Newell joke. Like, no one will take the time oh, to Google. No, that's hilarious. But Nick Newell has one arm, so he says that guy has the shortest reach. That that was the funniest joke I've heard in a long time. <laughs> um, that was like go over everyone's head. But the thing is, is that Nick Newell would fucking die laughing at that. Nick Newell is a great. Yeah. Story. Um. So by the way, so Phil Baroni, a little up, update on this. Uh, so now they're saying he's got some guy. I don't know where. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I was gonna say, and now the true crime portion of the podcast. <laughs> so I don't know where they find these lawyers. Uh, but there's a guy working the case who looks like <laughs> who looks like he's out of like. Where I gotta find this. I, I mean, post a picture of him. I'll tell you exactly what he looks like. <laughs> No. I'm, a, I'm an expert at naming what retarded version of a celebrity people look like. No, no, but, so, well, now they're saying that that the girl, uh, so John Alite is, is helping is helping Baroni. John, uh, they like you mean the pretend yeah, mobster. But wasn't he a real mobster that like killed? Uh, he was. He was an Italian, so he was never in the mob. He hung around John Gotti Jr. as one of his slackies, and then claims he's shot over a hundred people um, and killed over a hundred people, but he was only charged with one murder. Like it's like it's so, and he he ratted. He calls Sammy the bull a rat all the time, but he got out of jail by ratting. So like I, I don't know how you how you you rat people out and then you call other people rats. It's the craziest thing ever. That would be like Brendan Schaub calling you guys hacky. Like it doesn't. I don't understand. But there's a there's, <laughs> but, but there's a new guy now uh, who's who's helping Baroni. Who says <laughs> who says he's a lawyer, but or he works for a law firm. But then he also says, he also says he's also a, a, an entertainer. He says he's an entertainer too. <laughs> most oh most my lawyers God. do moonlight uh, as an entertainer. Like that's uh, I've done most. Uh, most guys work their way through law school. As please tell me he's a Sinatra impersonator. 
<laughs> it's not like well, he's a lawyer impersonator. Well, now they're obviously, saying, now they're saying that Baroni left for an hour to get to get food or, or to get cigarettes and beer. Cigarettes, and, yeah. And that's and that someone that the cartel came and killed a woman. This is what this alleged came and then framed Baroni. So that's right. okay. So th this guy, hold on. Where, uh, because if there's anything I know about the Mexican mafia, they frame people right. for their murder. They don't hang them from bridges. So the guy's name is the King of Connecticut, right? Hold on. Oh no, I know who you're he, wait, about. The, the King of the Nutmeg State. Okay, <laughs> the King of Connecticut. That was a good joke. <laughs> Thank you. I, I know you. I know Greg knows Connecticut's the nut state. That's all. <laughs> I know you have to uh, hold on. I, I I know I know I know you have to go soon. Uh, so we, we're going to end with this. And, oh yeah, I gotta leave. Oh shit. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, that's uh, that guy's name is. Uh, he's on my Facebook friends list. Well, he seems very legit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which celebrity are you going to say okay. looks like McCoy? So, so, so this guy's <laughs> on the case now. This I was going to go. For me, I'm going with Hulk Hogan. I think he looks like uh, he's a Hulk Hogan impersonator. So, so he's working the case for Phil. Uh, Sean, why do you follow this guy on Facebook? No, we're friends on Facebook. He actually hit me up the other day and I uh, wanted to know if I wanted to get another class action lawsuit against Dana White and the UFC. I was like, nah, man, I'm good. I don't, oh, I would never do anything. Dana's helped me out, you know, but uh, he's a nice enough guy. He, uh, he's also a pro wrestler. So um, he does pro wrestling. So the, the Hulk Hogan thing wasn't, I uh, wasn't that right. far off. Yeah, he uh, he was trying to start a beef with Ric Flair for the longest time. Like if you, uh, his page is fairly entertaining. If you get on there, he does pro wrestling. He does a little bit of a. He's little a bit lawyer of, too. He's a lawyer. Uh, I I maybe self taught. I think he's like uh, you know how like uh, that sounds right. That sounds right. In Goodwill Honey now, like how uh, what's his name? Matt Damon wasn't classically educated. I think it's kind of like uh, this, is, this is his work in Baroni's case. Right. Yeah. It's uh. I think uh, I think that tells you more about Baroni's case than anything else. <laughs> Hey, listen, guys, catch me this weekend. I'm going to be at the Stir Crazy Comedy Club Super Bowl weekend coming up Friday and Saturday night in Glendale, Arizona. So if you if you if you happen to be that rare individual that both listens to this podcast and can afford to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be there at Stir Crazy. Or if you just happen to live in the Phoenix area, come on out. It'll be a lot of fun. Sean, what do you got coming up? Uh, let me see. Seemed like something. Um, no, nothing. I, I, nothing I can think of off the top of my head. I, I, I still, I'm still laughing at the fact that you know that you follow the King of Connecticut. Yeah, no, we're friends on Facebook, man. He, uh, he, he posts a lot. I'll send you a couple of his videos. There, seems like a nice guy, though. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, he does seem like a nice guy. And then also, uh, you know that guy who, um, from De from uh, Detroit, who uh, teaches you self defense. That black guy who's like the yeah. worst self defense guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. So he posted a new video of how, if a guy has you in an arm bar, right, in a street fight. <laughs> Which, I mean, who are you fighting? You're fighting who are you fighting has an armbar? You're fighting Henzo or something? But right. basically, to get out of it, you you bite the guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what Bruce Buffer tries when he trains all the time. <laughs> like that, that's his move. Him and Dominic Cruz developed that with each other over an amount of time. So you know, he should have he should have had the guy, the uh, I eat ass guy, 
to help him do the demonstration <laughs> video. That went amazing. <laughs> Which actually may be effective biting the guy's ass, but I mean, like, I, I don't know if you need to, you know, a lesson for that. Anyway, uh, I will be in Las Vegas at the, uh, at the Laugh Factory from February 27th to March 4th. Uh, you're the best, Sean. And uh, uh, I'm hey, I want to tell you real quick, too, man. I forgot. Um, you know, the, we're talking about that Bruce Buffer fight or whatever. Yeah. I had a guy that was there when he got into it, Frank Craig, and I heard right before the fight started, they, they heard a voice say, uh, kind of like it sounded like an announcer's voice, say, somebody keeps talking shit, they're going to end up getting their dick sucked. Like that was the threat <laughs> that was, uh, that was the threat out. And I think, uh, Frank Trigg didn't like being threatened like that, so he went certified. I can't believe you you actually knew someone that heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. What a coincidence. You know so many fucking crazy people. Yeah, I get I get rumors sent to me all the time. So but Sean, you're the best and uh, have a great week, brother. All right, buddy. See you, man.